talk to you this morning about thy will be done, which goes exactly with what we just sang. So if you have your Bibles, I want you to find Matthew chapter 6. We're continuing in a series that I've entitled, The Father Says to Pray. And I want to challenge us very practically again this morning with the idea that God expects us to pray. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, then he expects that you're going to be praying. And so uh, it's important that we know how he wants us to pray. If we're going to communicate with him, which is what prayer is, we learned that last week that literally prayer is just talking, and it's talking specifically to God. He has given us that opportunity, that venue. Um, You don't have to come to him in a particular hour at a particular time, in a particular circumstance. You can talk to him anytime. So look with me again at Matthew chapter 6. These are the words of Jesus. We're going to read verses 9 through 13. Jesus said, Pray then in this way, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. We've already said those words once this morning, but I don't ever want them to be uh, rote in the sense that we just say them to kind of say them. I want it to be an opportunity for us to understand what Jesus is teaching. If you were here last week, you know that in the context of these verses, Jesus is literally teaching his disciples, and here he's specifically teaching them how to pray. And he says that here in the very first verse we read, verse 9, pray then in this way. We also talked last week a lot about the context, but I just want to make two uh, reminders of that. In verse 5, which we didn't read this morning, but helps set the context, he says, when you pray. So he's telling his disciples when you pray. The idea is that I expect as a believer that you're already praying. That that's something that you do. You're already communicating with God. He doesn't say if you're going to pray. If you decide that you need him, then pray. He says when you pray. That's the expectation that somebody who trusts in God and believes in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior is praying. But he also tells us, and we saw this last week extensively, don't do it with wrong motives. Don't do it to be seen. And he further clarifies that in verse 6. He says in the middle of verse 6, pray to your Father. Prayer is about a conversation with God. It's not about a conversation with your spouse. It's not a conversation with your friends. It's not a a conversation with the congregation. Prayer is about us talking to our Heavenly Father. It's talking to God. And we spent all of last week talking about this idea of who God is. In verse 9, he says to us, pray then in this way, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And we took extensive time to talk about uh, coming to God with the right understanding of who he is. Uh, There are many, many names. I don't know how many names. I didn't count them. But there are many, many names of God. And we even rolled a board up here and wrote down some names really quickly and just uh, let you call out some names of God, Rock and Sovereign and Jesus and Savior and and all of these other names, Holy. 
All of those names are who God is. They're revealed to us in the Bible. He's healer and he's provider, and you can just go on and on and on, and we shouldn't ever take that for granted, but we should come to him in an attitude of reverence and adoring him for who he is. Out of reverence to him, recognize that he is truly our heavenly father and all that that means. Even if we don't understand it all, we still come to him in an attitude of reverence and respect that he is who he says he is. In verse 8, we briefly touched on this last week, but it's important to remember Jesus said, the Father knows what you need before you even ask him. And so sometimes people use that as an excuse. Well, God already knows what I need, so I don't need to talk to him. But Jesus says that, and then he says, pray then in this way. He did not instruct his disciples by saying, God knows what you need, so you don't even need to bother him. He doesn't say that to them. He says, the Father already knows what you need before you're going to pray it. But then pray then in this way. Come to him the right way. Come to him as God. He's a friend, yes. He's your confidant, yes. Uh, He's your source, yes. He's your provider, yes. He's all of these things and so many more. But come to him in that way. So most of us understand verse 9. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. We, We get that. But I hope this week, if you were with us last week, that as you prayed, I know I did, it caught me a couple of times, I had to think about what I'm saying at the beginning, not just what I always say. But think about the names of God and come to him as who he is. You may need him to be your rock today, then go to him as your rock. You may need him to be your provider today, then go to him as your provider. Whatever it is that is on your heart, come to him in that way because he can address any of that. But then verse 10 gets um, a greater understanding for us of who he is. And again, it's not about just saying these words. There's no magic, there's no luck in these words because that's not a concept in scripture. It's about the sovereignty of God and who he is. So it's not just using these words in a rote fashion, just saying them over and over again. It's a model that gives us an opportunity to learn how to pray. In verse 10, again, he says, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The whole idea of verse 10 is us, as we come to God, putting him first. Not just in words, but in attitude. Uh, You can kneel and pray. You can lay down on the floor and weep before God and pray. You can stand up. You can run down the street. You can, on your morning walk, you can pray. On your way to work, you can pray. You can pray in any and all circumstances. You can pray in your house, you can pray at work, you can pray at school, you can pray anywhere, anytime. But are you putting God first? Or are you putting yourself first? You're coming to him with a long list of things that you need him to accomplish so that your day or your life can be what you want it to be. God, I need you to take care of all of these things so that everything can be done the way I need it to be done so that I'm taken care of. No, that's not the idea of prayer. We get an opportunity, and we'll continue to look at that in the coming weeks, to lay everything before him. But when we come before him and adore him first and then submit ourselves to him, that's what Jesus said was the right attitude of coming before God. 
He says in very simple ways that nothing happens in heaven that isn't God's. If you think about it, um, God is in heaven, and that's where we want to be. That's where we want to end up. That's where we want to spend eternity. Nothing in heaven happens without God's authority, without God's uh, approval, without God taking care of everything. Everything in heaven belongs to God. Nothing there doesn't belong to him, and things there happen the way that he wants them to. It's his domain. The earth is not his domain yet. But the good news is that there are two ways that as we come before him in this attitude of thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, there are two things that take place here. Number one is that will fully be realized in Christ's second coming. If you have your Bibles, flip over with me to John chapter 18. John chapter 18. One simple verse for you, but John chapter 18, verse 36. John 18, verse 36. Jesus, this is when he is before, he's been arrested. Um, he's standing before Pilate. They're trying to decide if they're going to um, crucify him or not, or what they're going to do with him. And listen to what Jesus says in an answer to Pilate. Jesus said in John 18, verse 36, Jesus answered, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then my servants would be fighting that I might, might not be delivered up to the Jews. But as it is, my kingdom is not of this realm. Jesus didn't come to establish his kingdom the first time. And we've talked about this in, in other contexts, but um, the Jews wanted Jesus or whoever was going to be the Messiah to rule and reign, to be their king so that their enemies wouldn't mess with them anymore. But Jesus says this, this time, this uh, period uh, when he was being arrested and he's, we know he was crucified after this, that wasn't the time for him to come and establish his kingdom. He needed to establish the kingdom in men's hearts and those who would choose to believe in him. But the Bible promises and Jesus promised that he would return again, and that's when we will realize the full effect of his kingdom on earth. But the second part of that is we can realize his kingdom in, in our lives, in our individual lives as we submit to his word. Look at Luke 17. Luke 17, verses 20 and 21. Jesus again is talking here and he's being questioned by the leaders of the day Luke 17 verse 20 and 21 now having been questioned by the Pharisees as to when the kingdom of God was coming he answered them and said the kingdom of God is not coming with signs to be observed nor will they say look here it is or there it is for behold the kingdom of God is in your midst in other words he is the kingdom without him there is no kingdom but you and I, when we submit ourselves to God, we can experience that kingdom. When we recognize that the promises of God are true and will be fulfilled in every detail, then, and we submit our lives to that, we submit ourselves to God's control over our lives and we serve him, then we can start to realize this, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You see, again, this part of the prayer is about us submitting to God and who he is and recognizing his authority over our lives and everybody else's life. 
It's coming before him in an attitude of reverence and submission to him. It's not coming to him and saying, God, I got a problem. I don't like the fact that you say I can't lie. I don't like that. So I'm going to lie. I want to do what I want to. Well, that's ridiculous. But that's sometimes our attitude. We come to God and say, God, you don't understand. I need to do this with my life, even though your word says I shouldn't, because I think it's going to work out better for me. And then usually we go do our own thing, and eventually we come crawling back and go, God, I'm so sorry. Can you fix the mess that I made? If we just came to him in the beginning and submitted ourselves to him and said, God, I don't fully understand what you're asking of me in your word, but your word says it, so I'm going to believe it. I'm going to follow you. And then I'm going to walk it out, but I'm going to walk out your word. I'm not going to walk out my own thinking, my own trying to figure it all out. I'm going to submit to your authority and to the promises of your word and let him direct our path instead of us directing our path. Then we don't have to go back on our hands and knees, so to speak, begging him to forgive us because we failed to follow him in the beginning. So let's drill down a little bit further here. That kingdom come. A kingdom is an area ruled by a king. Who's ruling you today? Is it the king of kings and the lord of lords, or is it you or somebody else in your life? Your kingdom come. Your will be done. A will is a purpose or what is intended. And you got up this morning. Why'd you get up? Because the alarm went off? Because you were awake? Because it's Sunday and we always go to church on Sunday? What was your purpose today? Is it to worship God with a group of people in a place called Simonton Community Church today? What is your will today? What is your purpose? What does God have in store for you today? Is it about you or is it about him? Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. The idea of on earth as it is in heaven, again, is submitting to his plan for creation while trusting that his promises are personal to us. In Philippians 4, when, G, when, when God tells us not to be anxious about anything, those of us who struggle with anxiety sometimes struggle with that. God says, don't be anxious about anything. But then he goes on, and he doesn't just say that. He says, but then in an attitude of thanksgiving, let all of your requests be made known to God. And when you do that, then he's got this peace that passes all understanding, and it guards your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. So I can choose to continue to be anxious, or I can work harder and harder and harder at following God's plan in his word of coming to him in an attitude of thanksgiving, even with the things that concern me the most, and giving those to him, and trusting him with his plan instead of my plan, and then experience his peace that passes all comprehension. It's not going to make sense to the rest of the world. When you share with somebody all that's going on in your life, and they go, wow, you've got a lot going on, or you're, man, your life is crazy. But then you have this peace. Why do you have this peace? Well, because I'm trusting God. I'm not going to try to figure it out myself, or I'm not going to try to do it myself. I'm going to submit to his plan because he's God. So when you and I come to God, we should come with an attitude of adoration. 
our Heavenly Father, our rock, our provider, healer, whoever he might be to you, whoever you might need him to be that day. But then we also need to come to him with an attitude of submission, thy kingdom come. God, I want you to rule and reign in my life today. I got a bunch of stuff I got to talk to you about that I need your help with that I've messed up or other people have messed up and I got to fix it. But before I get to that list, I need to, you to know that I trust you with your plan. I may not understand everything, but I'm trying to read your word and I'm trying to make it part of my life and I'm trying my best to follow it and not my plan. So God, I need your kingdom. I need you to rule and reign in my life and I yield my life to you to do that. And Father, I need your will to be done. I need you to give me what your plan is today. I got a list of things that I think I need to accomplish today, but you interrupted at any point today. And I will step out there. If you lead me this way, I'll go that way. If you lead me this way, I'll go that way. Even if my list doesn't get accomplished, if I lay my head down tonight and know that you used me today, then Father, then I know that I have done what you've asked me to do. And the other stuff doesn't matter. Because if it really, if my list really matters to you, that I think I need to check off the list, all these things to get done, if that doesn't really matter to you, then lead me where you want me to be. The conversations you want me to have. The places you need me today. I want to follow your will, not mine. And Father, I want what happens in heaven to also happen on earth because in heaven nothing happens that God is not in charge of and I need that in my life today I know it's not necessarily going to happen in the world because he's not in charge of this world yet the devil has control of this world but one day Christ will return and all of that will change but today in my life in my little world father I want you to rule and reign just like you do in heaven Back to Matthew chapter 6, when Jesus is instructing his disciples about prayer towards the end of this chapter, he talks to them about anxiety and daily things. He says to them, don't be anxious about the things that you're going to wear or the things that you're going to eat. And he gives them, Jesus gives them examples here. He says, look, the, the birds of the air, God takes care of them. They figure out a nest. I was thinking about this yesterday with that crazy wind blowing. Where do the birds go in all that crazy wind? Because some of them, as small as they are, they can't fly in that crazy wind. They've got to find a place to hunker down for a while. They've got to figure it out. But God takes care of them. God takes care of the, the grass and the fields and the lilies. And some of them will spring up, and then they'll immediately, within a day or two, they'll be gone. But they, all, they too, are part of God's creation. And he can handle all of that. He says... Don't worry about all the daily stuff. God can handle that. And at the end of the chapter, he says, in Matthew 6, verse 33, Jesus says, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added to you. So not only does he teach them about prayer and give them an example to follow, then he teaches them how to use it. He says, instead of worrying about all the stuff that you get anxious about, seek first the kingdom of God, just what he tells them in the prayer. Put God first. Come to him in an attitude of reverence and 
adoration of who he is and then come to him in an attitude of submission before you give him your list of things. Because he already knows what you need. Jesus tells us that in verse 8. The Father knows what you need before you ask. So come to him in an attitude of adoration and submission before you give him your long list of stuff you think you need him to do today. But seek first. First, not second, not third, not if I have time later. Seek first his kingdom, his authority in your life, his rule and reign in your world, and his righteousness, walking in right standing with God. That cannot happen unless you know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. You can't be in right standing with God without coming to him through Jesus. Because if God's kingdom comes, then everyone will be changed by it and will follow him, which is what we're all waiting for. Praying his promises assures that he will give you an affirmative answer because God keeps his word. And so when you pray, God, help me not to use your name in vain today because I want to walk with you the way you ask, then he's going to help you with that. But then you also got to check yourself. You got to think before you speak instead of just speaking. And God tells us that we should not be anxious, but instead come to him in an attitude of thanksgiving. Then you can pray that God help me today come to you in an attitude of thanksgiving instead of being anxious about all the things that concern me today. Then you've got yes answers to your prayers because you're walking with him and you're following his promises instead of your own. One last set of scriptures. Look over with me, if you would, at Luke chapter 11. I mentioned these last week, and I promised you we would look at them. But in the Gospel of Luke, in a little different context, but it's the same words, we see in Luke chapter 11, Jesus uses these same words and instruction on prayer. They're not exactly the same, but the idea is exactly the same. Look with me at Luke chapter 11 beginning in verse 1, and it came about that while he, or Jesus, was praying in a certain place. Oh, that's another thing. We'll get to this eventually. Jesus prayed all the time. All the time. He got up early in the morning and went and prayed. He'd go off by himself and pray. We'll, we'll look at that. But notice Jesus was praying in a certain place. After he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray just as John also taught his disciples, speaking of John the Baptist. And he said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread and forgive us our sins. For we ourselves also forgive everyone who is indebted to us. And lead us not into temptation. Jesus prayed and he wants us to pray and he gives us very practical ways to pray which is amazing if you think about it. He didn't have to, but he did. There are many, many prayers in Scripture that you and I can, and we'll look at some as we go through this series, but the whole idea is that God wants us to pray. And so if we're going to pray, come to him in the right way. It's, there's not a formula. There's not a one, two, three step process. I've got to pray like this so that God will do what I want him to do. That's not what prayer is. Prayer is a conversation with him but come to him in the right way. It's kind of like we talked about last week. If you have to go to court for something, then you want to go with the right 
attire on and you want to go with the right attitude. Otherwise, the judge may just throw you out. You may not agree with the judge and the way he or she runs his courtroom, but if you don't go in in the right attitude, they're going to throw you out. The other things, if, if you um, apply for something, if you're applying for a job and they ask you for certain things, they want your resume, they also want some references and uh, they want some um, samples of your work, well, if you just say, well, I, I'm not giving them all that. I'll give them my name and my email address and they can figure the rest out. Probably not going to come looking for you because they set some basic requirements and they want those to be met by everybody. And some of us do the same thing. We have things in our life and we do the same thing the same way because it works for us. Again, that's not what God is asking us to do is to come before him and make sure we do all of these things in a certain order. But again, it's about our heart and are we coming to him the right way? We've been learning a, a verse of scripture together and today's our final exam. I know it's not quite 30 days, but you won't be here on Tuesday. Or you can come and we'll do the verse together. Um, but we've been learning a verse, and the verse is um, an opportunity to remind us that we need to grow in our relationship with God. And we need to do practical things to help us do that. If that means to learn to pray the way Jesus gives us instruction and gives us a model to pray, and that's what's going to help you, then encourage you to do that. If it means you need to spend more time in his word and that will help you grow in your relationship with him, then develop a way, a pattern to do that, a system that will help you do that. Maybe it's a specific time of day, every day, in the same place, so that you develop that pattern of spending time in his word. Whatever it is, God wants to help us with that. So I'm going to invite you to stand with us. Tyler, does she have the word? Do you have the word? Good. There's no words on the screen. You don't need your card. We're going to do it together. Would you stand with me, please? And we're going to do these words. If you're a guest with us, just go along with us. But we are learning Philippians chapter 3, verse 13. Let's say it together. Brethren, I do not regard myself as having laid hold of it yet, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead. So we are reaching forward. We are reaching forward forward in our walk with God. Okay, that was good. Let's do it better this time. Okay, you got it? Philippians 3, verse 13. Brethren, I do not regard myself as having laid hold of it yet, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead. Good job. Let's pray. Father, we love you, and we thank you for the simple truth of your word. We thank you that you are our rock, and you are our provider, and you are our healer. Father, when we come to you, we want to come to you in the right way. So forgive us when we come to you with our long list of stuff that we need to accomplish, or so we think. And Father, help us to come to you with an attitude of submission, and recognizing that the promises of your word will be fulfilled. And so we thank you for that. So, Father, thank you that you give us the opportunity, even though you know what we're going to ask before we come to you, you still give us the opportunity to come to you as the creator of the universe, as the God of all things, as the Savior of the world. Father, help us to learn to pray. 
and to come to you with our hearts right before you. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.